I'm Kent. And I'm Anna. And this is episode 13 of Film and Family, a podcast for filmmakers and professionals in the entertainment industry who want to experience deeper joy and satisfaction in their film careers and family lives. Let's jump right in. All right, so we want to talk about a kind of interesting subject that is actually pretty personal for me. Um, in the last several weeks, things that I've been thinking about and uh, Anna and I have been talking about. And we think that these things apply to both making films and living lives in our family. So we're going to talk about what, how, and why. The what, how, and why of what we do and which of those is most important. So, this is kind of coming from a place of parenthood, first and foremost. I was noticing that parenting books, which apparently dads on average read an average of zero parenting books, (laughs) um, parenting books often introduce sort of a paradigm of strategies to do, you know, actionable things. We always want to know what to do. So... I think that's actually true in most forms of film education, whether you're finding really cool programs online, sometimes even film schools. Um, I don't think the best ones do this, but I think a lot of film schools focus on the what, what button to push, what words to write. Um, Parenting books are always about what should be your response to certain things that kids do or say. Um, What is your strategy when kids behave a certain way or when infants cry at certain times of night and, what are all the plans and strategies? Um, and um, I think it's common in life for us to just want, we really want someone to tell us what to do. Which is so funny because sometimes we hate when people tell us exactly what to do. Until they do, then we hate them. <laughs> 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 that is true. Yeah. But yeah, I think that the reason we want this is because we see results. And it makes sense to us that our actions seem to create those results. And so we say, well, I want that result. If I just do the exact same thing that that person did, won't I get the same result? But the problem with that is that those actions can look totally different depending on where you're coming from emotionally, what you believe, and what your unique circumstance is. And so, you know, going backwards a little farther, you start to get at the root cause of the results people have which is the beliefs that they have which create their feelings which then lead to their actions and create their results and so the action is just one small part of that it's just one other symptom of your mindset and the beliefs that you have alongside um a number of things right i mean and so that reminds me of the scene in pursuit of happiness where he's walking by like the future firm where he's going to work one day, but he doesn't know that yet. And Will Smith passes a guy getting out of a red Ferrari. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> you got to tell me what you do and how you do it. Right? He saw the result, which is this red Ferrari. <laughs> and he said, just tell me what you do. And then he laughs and says, I'm a stockbroker. And then the whole rest of the movie is about Will Smith trying to become a stockbroker, um, which is funny. And I can guarantee he didn't do it the same way as yep. the Ferrari guy. Yes, the how I'm sure was guy. very different. And you know what else? The why was probably very different. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. So um, I think strategies are helpful 
they're not a bad starting point. Sometimes they help you kind of get into the groove, uh, experimenting, trying out certain things. You certainly will learn a lot, you yeah. know. So I'm not saying those are bad. And I'm not saying that that's bad education to get or bad books to read or bad things to do. They're probably very helpful and you will learn a lot. I've learned a lot. And a lot of this has come from me reading and trying to do the things that it says in parenting books. But the problem with strategies is that they quickly become outdated because statistics change. Um, Specific actions take on new contexts as cultures and vocabularies and languages and habits. Those things will all evolve. And so, and even just day to day, people change. Well, and I also feel like my circumstances change. So when I'm trying to apply something, especially from a parenting book, and it says, this is how you handle a tantrum or something, when it looks different than what was exactly outlined in the book, then I'm like, if I don't understand the principle behind the technique, it's very hard for me to know how to apply it to a slightly different circumstance. I get easily frustrated that I'm like, well, my child is not exactly like yours. And, you know... This doesn't seem to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like trying to like read a script when you're resolving like marital issues. <laughs> it's like, well, when she's feeling upset, I should just compliment her hair. Like it's, it's like <laughs> how, you know. But yeah, so I mean that's an extreme example, but the these things become outdated very quickly. In fact, you can see that sometimes in creative work where you see people who are following trends and that works for a little while and then once they things start to move on and change. Like those visual trends, people start start to go, you know, this looks like it was shot on like, I don't know, like in the 90s. And like, I don't know, like the whole tone of this feels very strange. But now that's the cool thing to do, actually, because we all want to make movies that harken back to the 80s, apparently. But Wait, what was your point with that? Oh, it's the same. It's the idea of following a strategy. If like, if all you're doing is like, oh, this is the cool hip thing to do. Like, I'm going to shoot it with this one style over and over again and i'm going to make stories about this one thing over and over again or um if you're just taking strategies and and doing them over and over again um they might work and then they might stop working but if you actually have like a compelling point of view or perspective or why behind your work then the styles might adapt look at the work of um um karita i think it's Hirokatsu Kurita. I can't remember how to say his first name. He's a Japanese film director. He's made movies like um, Afterlife, After the Storm, The Third Murder. Those are the ones I've seen. Um, He's made movies called Shoplifters. Um, Nobody Knows. I couldn't believe after watching three of his movies how incredibly distinct and different all three of those movies are. All three of them are superb really really well done well made movies and this is a person who's not just following um, a recipe book he's not just trying to understand the what to do of filmmaking so anyway getting a little tangential but this is kind of um, something I've been pondering is this idea of how I do what I do oh I just had one thought from what you said about and I'm not trying to say this to be critical, but I definitely think we all kind of can feel the difference when you watch a film that's very much trying to check off boxes. And usually those films cost over $150 million. And the film (laughs) industry is a business. And so it makes sense that 
people who are business-minded and who are trying to make um, a profit, and that's important, <laughs> um, are going to look and say, oh, what, what seems to be working? And they're looking at the actions and like, oh, it seems like when the characters do this, it works. And it seems like when you have this kind of an actor, it works. And, and they just are not seeing the heart behind the story as much as the literal, tangible finished product pieces and you know we just saw mulan which is the cool thing to do right now so if you have 30 dollars to spend on on a movie um and it just felt like they're checking boxes the whole time to me it, it didn't feel like any heart or soul went into that story it was just like well now we have a conversation between two females that doesn't that's not just about a male so we can check off the box for that what is the feminine test thing that i well, can't remember you were stepping into dangerous waters sorry to all of our listeners well, who are mulan fans and <laughs> we're not i'm just teasing but but it's true that's how we both felt we, but in the end we were kind of wondering what what exactly is the perspective of this screenwriter this film director these actors like what perspective on the world are they trying to share other than the one that's very clearly stated by the lines of dialogue and the character the characters say right but um but that well, that's often a yeah a symptom of this sort of paradigm yeah i guess i just i'm not trying to be critical or like um get into a debate about it i just think that there is a difference when you're paying attention and you watch enough movies you can tell which ones are just sort of like a factory cranking out stuff that typically works that's sort of somewhat archetypal and then when it's something that's truly unique that is not like that little framed thing that you bought at target that all your neighbors have on their wall but it's like oh this is something personalized that someone made themselves that they, they really thought about really means something to yeah them. there's a difference and it doesn't of. mean that like you can't buy the target thing and stick it on your wall it's just like there is a depth available yeah high there. substantive versus high nutritive <laughs> um <laughs> and so so in that in that vein i've been thinking a lot about with my kids this idea kind of hit me at one point and i didn't know if i totally accepted this idea but the more i've thought about it i think that it's starting to prove to be more and more and more true and here here's the idea how i do what i do with my kids matters more than what i do which is really hard i think this was hard for me hmm. i don't know if you have a personality that's similar similar to mine you might experience the same thing um how can it be like i mean if you do that thing with your kids that will that will be bad and yet i started to realize that all these parenting books suggested very specific strategies even people will specifically suggest things for you to do they'll say oh this is what to do when your kid does this this is what i did when i raised you <laughs> sorry mom and dad um and i've tried some of those things that <laughs> do really really bad results and it's because i only do what my dad did <laughs> when i'm fumingly angry <laughs> like that's, he has some, I won't even, I won't throw him under the bus and say some of the crazy stuff that my parents did. But what was funny is that it totally worked for them. They're not insane people. It worked really well. But when my dad did some of those specific things, which I won't explain, <laughs> it, it, he was totally calm. But I, I, that just doesn't work for me. And so I do different things. What I do is different. But I want to do the things that I can do comfortably in the same emotional state or the same attitude as my dad. And so, because I thought he was a very good dad. Um, 
And so exceptions you'll find will disprove a lot of these quote unquote rules that were taught. You'll see people do one thing and they'll get a result and then you'll see someone do the same exact thing and they'll get a totally different result. And you'll say, well, what's different if they're doing the same exact thing and why are those results different? And I think we'll find that, uh, statistics suggest what's, but it requires some intuition and some self-searching to discover the why of, of why we do things and the how of how we can approach things. So Clay Christensen goes into this on good theory yeah, um, in a lot of his business books. You know, we've mentioned him a lot on this podcast already, but um, I do feel like he got down to the why instead of just looking at, oh, is this customer um, white or black or some other race or ethnicity? Are they between the ages 26 and 32? Are they um, single, married? You know, all these kind of like arbitrary descriptors and just said why does a person buy this thing like what what's going on in their mind um when they purchase something and i think that's a really important thing to do in any situation is to go a little deeper beyond the surface yeah absolutely and so um we kind of have this idea of there's a single destination and that might be something we all share a desired outcome, a desired result, a desired destination, but each of us is completely different. So we're going to try and reach that destination. And if we are successful in reaching that destination, we're going to get there by a different route because we're all starting from different starting points. Um, yeah. Someone once illustrated this for me. They drew a dot on a chalkboard and said how many lines could you possibly draw through this dot and it's like infinite right there's like a million different ways that you could come from different directions you could come from and arrive at that same destination but if you have two dots then suddenly there's only one line that can go through both of them and i think that can be used in a lot of contexts but here to me i think it's understanding where you are right now and where you want to go that helps you have a clear path. Like the how will reveal itself once you know those two things. So in the context of this conversation, you know, if I'm with my kids and I can remember my why, like remember what is my goal as a successful parent? And what does that mean? Yeah. Like how am I measuring my success? What am I trying to achieve? Am I trying to make them do the thing I want them to do? Am I trying to control their behavior? Or is my goal to feel love? And that's something we've been talking about recently is, yeah. is that I think my definition of success as a parent has changed from being um, the behavior of my children to the feelings I have for my children. Yeah. So if I can feel a certain way, even if they're behaving like, you know, sporadically, they always will. They're going to experience all the emotions almost every day. Um, and yet, um, regardless of that circumstance of their behavior, I want to be able to say that uh, I feel a certain way. Now, I might fail at that maybe daily, but mm -hmm. I think that as I improve that and as I make that my focus, that my my focus will change from the what, the what of what they do and the what of what I do to the 
how of what I do and the way I feel when I do it and the why of what I do. And so, yeah, that, that idea of love is our definition of success as parents, not behavior, either of our behaviors as parents or as children. And I think that's a great one, but it's just one example. And you have to figure out for you what what is your measure of success in film or in family? And what does that look like? Because sometimes we have these subconscious ideas of perfection that we aren't even aware that we're operating under. And so it never feels good enough. And it can be good to know exactly where your goal is, what you're aiming for, and remember that. But it also can be good to assess you know, the two dots, like, where am I going and where am I now? And in the moment, I might say, think I'm, I'm feeling really angry right now. I'm feeling resentment right now. I'm feeling bored right now. You know, whatever it is, I can figure out where I am and what my goal is. And then I usually know what to do from there. Mm-hmm. And I think so to break this down a little bit, um, we've just, de- we've described in family that the what is the action or the strategy and that what or action or strategy is determined by how Um, the how is the attitude or the feeling and that is determined by the why which is your belief or your vision and the why is something you actually can choose so let's say that again but backwards so you can choose your why which is your belief or your vision And that will determine how you do things, the attitude or the feeling you have as you do them. Um, And that feeling or attitude will determine the actions or the strategies you implement. Um, So how does this apply to film? I was reading, well, we've all read, um, many of us have read Movie Maker's Masterclass by um, Laurent Tirard. I don't know if I said his last name right. And man, one thing, the theme of that book in my mind, (laughs) and I had a professor point this out and I super agree with him, um, is that you get this remarkable book of this guy who got to interview just some of the best filmmakers of all time. And he put all these interviews in one book and they all sort of spill the beans on how they approach filmmaking and their whole philosophy, the uh, strategies, you might say, of how they approach it. And they have their reasons why, right? And they have all the details in these interviews and you're just like, Oh my gosh. And they all have the result of success. Yeah. And it's like, if, if a Woody Allen had to make a movie with a Steven Spielberg, they might shoot each other. Like if a Clint Eastwood had to make a movie with a, uh, with a, uh, David Fincher (laughs) or a, uh, um, I don't know. One of these guys who does like a gazillion takes, they would, how on earth could they possibly even make movies together? And that's like the whole book. You read one guy and he has this whole philosophy toward rehearsals. And then you read the next guy and it's the exact opposite philosophy. And you're like, what they do with the camera, with their actors, with their prep time, how they prepare, how they shoot, how they edit their whole approach. And their even their opinions as regarding to the purpose of film, totally different, often polar opposites. Like, and so, how is it possible that all of these people doing completely different things are making movies that frankly, a lot of us love. And I love Woody Allen films and Clint Eastwood films, these one take wonder guys. But I also really love, um, some of these more, uh, scrupulous directors that are a little more precise. You might say some of these, um, um, Wes Anderson types and many others. And so, 
um, how is that? How is it the case? Well, in filmmaking, the what, the action or strategy is determined by the how, and the how is the process of the filmmaker, and that's determined by their belief or vision, which is the why. Um, so, we really opine that the why is what matters the most, and that the how matters more than the what, and that many different what's can lead to the same results. <laughs> Many different what's can lead to the same results. And hopefully we haven't confused you too much with all of these um, general terms. But I think, isn't it a beautiful thing that you can choose? That there is not just one secret way that you have to find out to be able to make it. But that you get to choose. And you can hear other people and hear their strategies and take what's useful to you. But in the end, it comes down to what do I believe? What makes me feel inspired? And how do I want to feel when I make films, when I parent? How do I want to make that happen? Because that process is what creates family culture. It's also what creates um, your process as a filmmaker. It's the same thing. And so um, those two things are far more important than necessarily the exact strategies that are implemented in every given case. Yeah. So I hope that's helpful. And... I think that's all we've got for you tonight yeah let us know your thoughts let us know your questions and let us know if we're totally off our rock what is it what is the, what is the idiom there off, off of our rockers our rockers well we are off of a rocker right now mm, we're on a futon anyway <laughs> have a wonderful evening thanks and catch you on the next episode when you're ready to take what you're learning on this podcast to the next level we want to invite you to join our film and family program. It's a program where you get one-on-one coaching with me and you get to learn all the tools that we teach about in this podcast and how they apply to your situation specifically. I've gotten great results with my clients. We have a great time and you really can't beat this offer because it is a lifetime membership. So you get the three months of private coaching, but then after that, you also get continual support and coaching within a group and you get to be part of this community you get access to all the courses that we create for free and it's a lot of fun it's also risk-free if you don't like it and you don't think it was worth the money you can have your money back and i have yet to have that happen so check us out at invisiblemansion.com forward slash film and family i'll see you there